You are listening to sermon audio from Fort Myers Community Church. For more information about how to get involved in the life of this church family, please visit www.fmcc.life. All right. Good morning. Happy New Year. Can we give it up for my wife, Ashley? Thank you for reading God's word this morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Jose Santana. I'm on staff here. Um, I get to work with our community groups and our small groups like men's and women's Bible study. Um, and we get to partner together. Here at FMCC, we believe that the small group is really where we can in, um, invest in biblical com- community with each other. Um, so if you're not in a small group, I would encourage you to come see me afterwards. Uh, there are also a list of the groups that we have on our website. Um, so if you wanna check those out there, please come and see me. Uh, I'm also a pastoral resident here, so I'm kind of in training, I'm, I'm seeking, uh, I have a call on my life to uh, invest more in what um, it looks like to be a pastor, elder, and uh, I've been able to do that here, and thank you for you guys um, as you help me along that process, but also Tim, Bill, Steve, and all the other guys here um, that do that. Uh, outside of here, I'm a firefighter uh, down in Collier County, and I do that, done that for about 15 years now. Um, so I just want to give you guys a little heads up. I know there's some new faces, may not know me. Um, uh, that was my wife, Ashley, and we also have four wonderful kids. So enough about that. Um, who here loves to have New Year's resolutions? Anybody? Who does them, right? We start off the new year. That's a pretty common thing. We're excited. We're gung-ho. We're going to make a New Year's resolution. I was not surprised to find out when I did some research on New Year's resolutions that somewhere in the top three of every single list that I looked at had something to do with dieting, weight loss, exercising. And I thought to myself when I was researching this, I said, man, there's a lot of people who enjoy to suffer and face afflictions in their life. Anybody there, do you enjoy to suffer and have afflictions? I don't know. Maybe you're sitting here and you're like, you know what, that's exactly why I don't set that goal. Um, I don't want to suffer. I don't want to sit there and, and have a salad with some chicken and water while somebody else is having pizza, chicken wings, and some ice cream afterwards. So maybe you're there, but I hate to break it to you. Any of us that set a goal in our lives, anything that we focus on that we wanna do this coming new year, is gonna bring some form of trial. It's gonna bring some form of affliction. We're gonna fail at some point. It's not gonna be easy. It's gonna be hard. So you didn't get out of the woods here. Everybody's gonna have to suffer. I think though that at times we lose sight of the goal. We allow our afflictions, we allow our trials to get in the way of what that goal is. And they cloud our judgment and more often than not, The things that we face are what causes us to actually not achieve that goal. Well, as believers, our goal is far greater, far more important than losing weight, than getting a little stronger, than setting anything, any kind of goal that we can set earthly-wise. As a believer, as a follower of Christ, our goal is to glorify God with our lives in all things that we do. And that is far more important than anything that we can do on earth. So in order to kind of do that, we're gonna look today at 2 Corinthians chapter four, and we're gonna look at Paul specifically. 
And I think Paul's a great person to look at because I think Paul suffered quite a bit. If you know anything about Paul, um, you'll know that he had 39 lashes five times. He was beaten with rods three times. He was stoned once, shipwrecked three times. He was in constant physical danger. He was hungry and thirsty many times throughout his ministry as an apostle. Paul understood what suffering was like and he wrote this book in 2 Corinthians about a year after he wrote 1 Corinthians and he wrote it to the church at Corinth which was a church that Paul planted. Now, what the reason he's writing 2 Corinthians is actually to combat some leaders that had kind of risen up within the church who actually started to spread rumor or spread belief that Paul's suffering was actually proof that he was not a true apostle. They kind of believed that Paul shouldn't have had suffering. He should have been blessed. He should have been, uh, good things should have been given to him in his life and that would have been showing that he is a follower of Christ, that he truly has God inside of him. Kind of like a prosperity, right? We are gonna get more prosperity if we follow God. Well, Paul says that's not true. We see throughout this book and we see throughout all of Paul's life that that is not what he believed. In fact, Paul writes this so that um, he wants to show a point that his dependency on Christ is actually increased. His dependency on, on God is increased because of his afflictions and that through his afflictions, God is actually more glorified. So with that, can I pray for us as we dive in? God, I just thank you so much for this opportunity to share with the, these people what you have taught me through this passage over the last few months of looking at it. I uh, just thank you for this church body, um, God, and just what they have meant to our family since we've been here um, just this year. God, we uh, as a church have gone through a lot. There's a lot of hurt in this room right now, God, and as we enter a new year, we are looking forward um, to new things, God. I pray that as we go into 2023, though, that we would just have a fresh perspective on all the hardship that we may face or the things that may come this year. God, that our perspective would be one that looks to your gospel, the treasure that you've given us, and that we would carry it as a light to the world, God, that we would proclaim your goodness uh, out in the world. God, I just thank you again for all that you're doing. Uh, may you prepare our hearts to continue to hear from your word. Uh, I pray these things in your name. Amen. All right, so kind of the main idea, the main point I want to get across today is that the gospel produces proper perspectives. All right, so the gospel produces proper perspectives. When we have a right understanding of the gospel, it helps our perspectives in life. So we're gonna look at three perspectives that I think that we see here, that I've, I've seen as I studied this passage. And the first one we're gonna look at is this, that the gospel reminds us that we are weak. We're gonna look at verse seven for this. It says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. So a little context here, before we get quite into the weakness part, there's this but here at the beginning, and it's kind of the same word, or same meaning as therefore, and when we see it, we wonder what the therefore is therefore, so we gotta look back a little bit 
to see what the context is here. So we're gonna look at verse six really quick. I'm gonna read that for you. It says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness. So Paul's going all the way back to Genesis and he's talking about the God who started, who created the earth, he, let, he made light in darkness. He has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. So when we go back to verse seven, we see, but we have this treasure. Well, the treasure is what was read there in verse six. The treasure is the knowledge of the glory of God. God's glory is placed inside of us. We have this treasure and we have it in the face of Jesus. God gave us this treasure all the while knowing when we see in even Romans 3.23 that for all have sinned and fallen short of the God. God has placed his treasure in us even though knowing the whole time that we would not meet up, right? So here comes the weakness part. It says he put this treasure and it calls himself, Paul calls himself and us, jars of clay. Anybody ever made something like this as a kid? Ever, ever kinda, this one's pretty nice. We actually bought this one. I did not make it. <laughs> Anybody ever make one though and maybe have it on their counter and was running around as a little kid, bumped it and pff, it crashed, it broke, right? Some of us, some of the guys are telling me I should actually break this on the stage today. That would have been pretty cool. But it's, it's pretty fragile, right? I don't know, where would you put your treasure? Would you put your treasure in this clay pot or would you wanna put your treasure in a safe? In a safe, right? We often want to protect the thing that we have, but that's not what we see that God did here. God put his treasure in us, a broken, a fragile human being who could never obtain the gospel. We could never be in God's glory because of sin, right? Sin has separated that for all, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And it's a free gift for those who choose to accept that. The problem though I see is that far too often, us as human beings, we don't embrace this. We don't wanna be the clay pot. We wanna be the safe. We wanna be under a key code or need a key, something nice and protected and guard it off from the world. But that's not what we see here in verse seven. We see that the reason God has placed his treasure in clay pots is so that his power would be made known, right? That his glory would be made known through our weakness. I wanna encourage you today to not be the safe. Don't be guarded off. Be open, allow people, allow your friends, allow non-believers, allow the church to see your faults. Allow them to see your sin so that they can encourage you, but that they can see that God is made great, that they can see his glory because he's the one that's able to carry you through life when you lose your house in a hurricane, when you lose a child, when you lose a family member, when you've lost your job. God's the one that when you're getting through that or maybe you're going through a sickness, when you're going through this and you're going through with a peace and a joy, Christ is magnified, right? Because it doesn't make sense. Why could you go through with such peace and joy in a life that is hard? And when the world sees us, it sees 
Christ when we have that joy and that peace. All right, so the gospel, or I wanna say this one thing here. It says, when we don't embrace our weakness, we end up the focus rather than God. And in turn, we hurt the spread of the gospel. So the point number one was the gospel reminds us that we are weak. Embrace your weakness this morning. All right, so the second perspective, so that was the first one, second perspective and point that I see here in these verses is that our afflictions have purpose. And that purpose is ultimately to glorify God, right? Our life here on earth, he put the treasure in jars of clay so that he may be glorified and not ourselves. But too often we think that the things that he's given us, these trials in lives, I don't know if you're like me, so one of my biggest things is I will encounter a trial and sometimes I'll instantly jump to the fact that I'm being disciplined for something I did. Anybody out there like that? Anybody think that a hardship in their life is actually disciplined? Well, that's, that's not really what we see here in this passage. That's not even the most common thing. While you might be disciplined at times, right? We may go through trials because of actions that we did and it's a consequence of our action. We have a loving God who loves us and cares for us and that's not what his desire is. His desire isn't to just give us bad things so that we could be miserable. No, he wants us to go through, we go through the afflictions so that he is ultimately glorified. All right, so let's look at verse seven again. We're just gonna kind of brief over this one because we've kind of covered it. So we know that the first purpose is that our afflictions show that the, show the power of God, right? So when we face a trial and we can have peace or we can make it through that trial, which everybody thinks should crush us, crush us and we can get out on the other side, um, it's not because of our strength, it's because God carried us through, right? So our afflictions show God's power. Verses eight and nine give us this perspective or this uh, purpose. Our afflictions show God's faithfulness by sustaining us. Verses eight and nine. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Does it say here that we're all gonna just have an easy life? No, it's telling us that we're gonna go through, we're gonna be perplexed at times, we're gonna be confused. Why are we going through this? Somebody's gonna persecute us, we're gonna get made fun of, or somebody's gonna just say something about our faith and we're gonna get persecuted for trusting in a God uh, who loves us. And it, it, it doesn't make sense to the world, but God carries us through each step, right? Each time we saw something, we're perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We're persecuted, not destroyed. God's faithfulness carries us through each time. So let's see our afflictions as an opportunity to embrace God's faithfulness. The next purpose that I see is that our afflictions build the church. I'm gonna read verses 10 through 15 for this one. It says this, always, carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death 
for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh, so death is at work in us, but life in you. When we die to ourselves, when we go through our afflictions and our focus isn't on ourselves, our focus is on how can I get through this so that God may be glorified? How can God, how can I let him empower me and get me through this so that he may be glorified, right? So it's not on us. Let's think others focus as well in our afflictions. Verse 13 picks up, since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. All right, catch this in verse 15. For it is all for your sake, right? It's all for others' sake that the, as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God, right? Our afflictions and the, the things that we go through, the hard times that we go through will actually bring thanksgiving to those around us. It'll bring thanksgiving to those that are believers in the church. And ultimately, we can also know that the, as we go through hard times, those that are outside of the church will also wonder, hey, how does this happen? And they'll begin to question. So the church is built in both ways. I wanna give a little analogy on this. Um, God, God kind of gave me this the other, the, probably about a week and a half ago. We have some friends of ours who I got a text message from. Uh, they were expecting a baby. Um, and they uh, went and I got a text, baby was delivered. It was a really hard delivery. Please pray for the baby. That's kind of all I got. Um, communicated a little bit more and found that there was some pretty bleak news uh, on this uh, little baby and um, our friends were hurting. And we went to the hospital to pray with them. My wife and I got to go and we got to, the, we were going there with the intention to encourage our friends, which I'm sure we did. Um, but as we spent time with them, as we got to, to talk to them about the situation that was going on, to see not their strength, but God's strength in them, to, to see what, to, what was going on in their life, to not be crushed. They, they were hurt, you could clearly tell that, but you could see the, the grace of God in their life, the gospel, they, they had an understanding of the treasure that was actually in them, and they could hold on to the truths of God's word, and they were encouraging me. I left there super encouraged because of what God was doing. Not only did they encourage me, the church, but they were also influencing the nurses, the doctors, all these people who don't know Jesus. Here's a family who was going through an extremely difficult time, and in turn, the way that God empowered them in that season actually was building his kingdom. It was building the church, not only encouraging us, but it was also showing his grace and his glory to those that don't believe yet. The final purpose that I see here is that the, our afflictions prepare us for the glory of eternity. If you look at verse 17, it says, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. 
I don't know about you, when I go through hard times, they prepare me and they make me long for the day that I do not have to go through these trials, the day that I get to spend eternity with Christ. Anybody looking forward to that day? Amen, Amen, right? We are looking forward to that day we get to spend with Christ. I was trying to think of an affliction, something that I've been going through, and I have, there's been quite a few. I could have gone uh, to a layoff that I had when we had a little, almost one-year-old at the time, and there was a couple different things, and God kind of brought me back to a, the season I'm in right now. And I wanna encourage you to not put off the afflictions that you're facing in a moment because you think they're less than, right? I stand here now, and there's some of you who have lost everything. You've lost your home, and you're going through something really, really hard. And here I am going through a construction project at our house that we um, took on. Uh, we moved here in June uh, from Estero. So we have that going on. Uh, we had a hurricane. Uh, fortunately, we didn't have as much damage, but uh, that added a whole nother stress. Um, I'm new into the position here at church and I'm learning what that looks like. Uh, I still have my job at the fire department. So there's a lot of things that have been going on. And at times I get anxious. There, there's times where uh, I'm like, how are these things gonna work out? There's times where um, somebody does the wrong thing at my house, a contractor comes in and I'm tested on how will I respond to this person so that I can still show them the gospel, right? So I just want you to know like, that may seem less than somebody losing their house and as a world standard it is. But don't, don't downplay the trials that you're facing because God has purpose for them, right? They're for his glory and they're to um, produce steadfastness in you. They're, they're sanctifying you in that process. As I go through this stuff at my house and the anxiety at times that that brings, and if I look through all these purposes that I just uh, kind of covered, I can see that uh, there's been plenty of times where God's power has been shown when, I, when a situation, I was like, man, how is this gonna work itself out? It did, God took care of it. I didn't have to fret about it, I didn't have to be anxious. I've seen God's faithfulness sustain me as I have had anxiety, right? As I've, as I've gone through things, how is this gonna work out? How is that gonna work out? God continuously calms me as I reorient myself every day to his word and his gospel. I've been able to have conversations with contractors and share the, I can not be upset or angry um, with them for a mistake that they made and I can be calm and I can actually have gospel conversations and not hurt my witness. So the church is built, but then I'm also able to encourage others around me who are within the church who said, man, that would be a hard time, but how are you so calm? It's not me, it's all God. And I, I can tell you this, that everything that's been going on in the last six months has definitely just increased my longing to spend eternity in heaven with God. That brings us to the last point. The last perspective that I see in this passage is that the gospel reminds us that eternity with God is best. If we look at verses 17 and 18, we see that it says this, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are un, uh, unseen are eternal. 
So eternity reminds us that our afflictions are light. All right, that doesn't mean that our afflictions are easy. Nothing that we go through that is hard in this life. Losing your house is not an easy thing. The word that's actually used there is it's, um, it's insignificant when compared to eternity, right? So the things that we go through when we have an eternity mindset, when we're focused, when we remember, when we allow our perspective to be that eternity with God is best, we're able to see our trials as insignificant in the grand scheme of things. Eternity reminds us that our afflictions are momentary. So that same premise, right? When we have eternity in our mindset, we realize this is not our home, this is not the ending. And we can trust that our afflictions, the things that we go through are momentary, whether it's just for a couple days, a week, a year, Maybe it's a a sickness you deal with your whole life, but at some point, if you're a believer in Christ, you will die, everybody dies, but you will have died and gone to heaven. You'll be in eternity with God and that will be gone. It is momentary. Eternity reminds us that the presence of God is better than all things. If we look in verse 17, again, it says, for the weight... um, For this affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory that is beyond all comparison. Being in God's presence in eternity will be far greater than anything that we experience here on this earth. If we look at verse 18, it's it's telling us this whole, like, look to the things that are unseen, right? Look to the unseen glories of God because the things of this world are transient, they're fleeting, they're going to pass away. We can't take them with us. We can't bring them into eternity. They really have no meaning in the end. I wanna encourage you to stop focusing on the shortest period of your life. Whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, I want you to know eternity is real. God's word says it. It will happen. Where are you gonna spend eternity? Are you spending eternity with the God who created you or without? This is the shortest period of your life, so I encourage you to look to eternity as you go through trials, as you go through uh, even good times. Just look to what the presence of God will be like and just, just sit in it, just, just be restful in it and have peace as you go through hard times. So, the main idea is the gospel produces proper perspectives, right? And when we have a proper perspective on the gospel, the treasure, right, the treasure that God put in us, these fragile clay pots that if I were to drop right now would crack and break, but that's the point, right? God made us weak so that he may be glorified, he may be strong. So the first perspective was make sure that we, we desire to be this, allow God to work through us. Don't be a safe, don't be closed off so that he may be glorified, so that the kingdom is built. That's the first perspective I encourage you to leave here with. Um, second was that our afflictions have purpose. Remember that everything that we go through is to glorify God. So I encourage you to go into this new year knowing that everything that you face has a purpose. It's to sanctify you 
but it's to glorify God ultimately. And then I just encourage you to look forward to eternity because eternity with God is best. So what's the point of all these perspectives? What, would, what is the point of that? If we look at verse 16, it says this. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. When we have this perspective, when we have an eternity mindset, when we review ourselves as weak and we allow God to be strengthened, God to be glorified through our lives, when we view everything that we go through as purposeful and not just him disciplining us, when we think of these things, then we don't lose heart. We have the proper perspective. We remember the treasure, the good news of the gospel that was placed in a fragile human being and it carries us through anything that we face. I wanna read this quote. It's from a pastor and author. His name is Paul Tripp, Paul David Tripp, as I was reminded this morning. And I think it does a great job kind of summarizing everything that this passage has and kind of everything that I just talked about. So I really want you to just pay attention. The words will be on the screen behind me. So it says, Paul says this, Paul Tripp says this. It says, when you see things around you as permanent, they take on too much importance and increase your sense of loss. They're taken away, or when they're taken away. If you mistakenly think that this life is only about who has the most gigantic pile of possessions and pleasures in the here and now, then your priorities will become unbiblical. Simultaneously, the loss of those possessions and pleasures become all the more painful and seem all the more unfair if you are God's child. Today is not your final destination, but a preparation for your final destination. Sadly, many of us cause our own trouble with eternity amnesia. We forget who we are and what we have been given for today, and perhaps most importantly, what is promised tomorrow. I have two application points that I just want you to take, that I, I take from this passage. And the first one is this, let people in. Don't be the safe. It's not furthering the gospel. You're not showing God's glory. You're not embracing who God created you to be. You're actually shutting off those around you. You're actually putting the focus on yourself rather than God. You're not glorifying him. So share your weaknesses so that the gospel is furthered, the church is encouraged, and that God is glorified. And the second application that I have is this, let or allow the gospel to daily renew your perspectives. If you're sitting here today and you've never experienced the treasure of the face of Jesus, the glory of God in the face of Jesus, if you've never experienced that, you have no idea like how I'm gonna get through these trials, how, do you, how on earth can you go through losing everything and still be at peace, still find joy, 
How can you go through an anxious time? How can you go through a sickness and still look to these things as good? If you have never experienced the love of God through Jesus, if you've never accepted that good news, I encourage you to make today that day. I encourage you to come see me, come see Miguel, any of, any of our staff, or even the person that brought you. If you came with somebody today, they would love nothing more than to share with you the good news of Jesus. But if you are a believer here this morning, as we go in to 2023, as we are going to face new trials, we're going to have things happen this year that are not gonna be fun, they're gonna be painful. But I encourage you to have proper perspectives, allow the gospel to change you every day. Wake up reminded, even in those seasons of trial, of the good news of Jesus. Be reminded that eternity with God is best. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for the opportunity to share your word, God. Um, I pray right now that your word has gone out and that it has just changed hearts in here, God. I pray that uh, your spirit will be at work now. God, I pray that if somebody is here this morning and has not experienced the treasure of your glory through Jesus, God, in the gospel, I pray that today would be the first day God, and if there are those who are just hurting right now that do know you and have just lost sight, I pray that your gospel would renew them this morning. I pray these things in your name, amen.